Hello and welcome to the Terrapin 20 presented by Terrapin Sports Central. I'm your host, Jonas Evans, alongside Nathan Schwartz and Brandon Schwartzberg. And as always, week by week, this is the show where we think we talk all things Maryland sports in just 20 minutes. We're going to start with the basketball season starting off. It started on Monday night and it was Maryland men's basketball with the victory against Niagara 71 to 49. What did we see in this one, guys? Yeah, I mean, it was a real close first half. They, Maryland only went up by seven at halftime. A big thing was the size that they lost, especially with Quidus Wahab uh, having Julian Reese at the five. He struggled in that role. Um, he did finish with seven rebounds tied with the team high with Jameer Young, the Charlotte transfer. Um, but then in the second half, new coach Kevin Willard made some very nice halftime adjustments, and they really pulled away in the final 10 minutes of the game outscored Niagara by 15 in the second half and Dante Scott uh, finished with a respectable stat line 18 points six rebounds as four threes which is very impressive from him as he's going to be seen as the go-to guy for this offense now that Fats Russell is gone uh, now that with what he has had in his career at Maryland now is in his fourth season he had Anthony Cowan he had Melo Trimble Jalen Smith you name it he, he's had weapons around it but now this is his offense yeah and also you want to talk about how good Dante Scott played last night four for five from three-pointer that's going to be very important I know three-point shooting is going to be a storyline for this team all year considering how bad it was last year they were nine for 20 in this game but yes I was very impressed with Dante Scott he stepped up um, in the first game obviously this is against Niagara but early early season shows that um you know, he's there and he wants that role and he's going to take it seriously. Absolutely. I Just one thing I want to touch on quick. You mentioned the struggles for Julian Reese, Brandon. And I feel like we kind of saw this trend last night and we'll probably see it throughout the rest of the regular season as well, is that there's just a, there's just this lack of depth on this team this year. You have Jahari Long, who's probably going to be your sixth man coming over from Seton Hall with Kevin Willard. Patrick Emelian played 14 minutes last night, scored four points. He's probably going to get some minutes. The freshman Noah Bachelor also got a little bit of time in last night. And then Ian Martinez as well. So those are your four main guys off of the bench. But none of them really have quite a solidified role yet. There's still a lot of discon not not necessarily disconnect, but there's a there's got there's gonna be a lack of chemistry. And this is the first time that these starting five played together and we, we saw the struggles last night. I thought Jameer Young looked pretty good um, coming over. It's not You're not going to see the same type of explosiveness that you saw from Anthony Cowan and Fats Russell, but Jameer Young is going to play that similar type of role. And I, I think the 9 from 20 from 3 is an encouraging sign. Yeah, I want to point to one thing to maybe worry about if you're a Terps fan. Uh, Donald Carey went 1 for 6 um, from 3. Not the best look. I, I also want to talk about the lineups quickly. What we saw last year with Turgeon was, I think, a lot of the same in terms of lineups. You know, the starting lineup goes out, then you throw a si Simon Wrighton and Ian Martinez there. It seemed kind of the same. I think we're going to probably see a lot more um, fluidity from uh, head coach Kevin Willard. I think he's going to do some interesting things there. Um, is that all we have for men's basketball? One more thing. Yeah. One stat I want to point out before we go on to women's basketball. And this is going to be a big problem if this trend continues for this team. Niagara, 34 points in the paint to Maryland's 26. And that's against Niagara. E exactly. When, you, when you're facing these Big Ten teams, that's not going to fly. And it's not going to be a pretty result for Maryland. And now let's move on to the women's basketball team also starting their season off. They had an 88-51 to win over George Mason 
um, away. What did we see in this one? A, a win for the Terps again? Yeah, um, I'm going to start with uh, Diamond Miller. She had a very hot first quarter. Uh, she scored in double figures, played in only nine minutes because she left early in the second quarter with a lower leg injury. Um, she sat out the rest of the game. The good news is she did return to the bench after going to the locker room, so there is hope that she can return for uh, the big-time matchup for the Terps in their home opener against South Carolina. So it's going to be a bit of a wait-and-see. Um, if they do lose her for any extended amount of time i think that'd be a massive blow especially because there's so many new pieces i mean she was the only returner in the starting lineup from last season but uh nate i want to get your thoughts on what you saw out of abby myers in her first game as a turp it was an absolutely phenomenal phenomenal performance from abby myers you can't really have a much better debut than myers had five of six from three point if if abby myers can obviously she's not going to hold that the entire season but if, if she can be the the player that hits 40 percent of her three-point shots this is going to transcend this entire offense especially with diamond miller playing the way we know she's going to play lavender briggs coming over from her previous school she's going to do great things as well faith masonis who didn't play a whole lot last night she is still coming back from her acl injury she's going to get a bit more comfortable back in her starting role and then the exact opposite of what I said for the men's side is true for the women's. They have a very deep bench. Science Sellers in her sophomore season, Bray McDaniel, Brene Alexander, Gia Cook. Those were all major contributors last night. Just adding with with so much depth, players like Myers are gonna get so many more opportunities because you can't guard you can't it's kinda hard to do more of a zone defense when you have such good perimeter shooting down the board. And I think that's what helped Myers last night. Yeah, absolutely. Also, they were a fast-paced team. They scored 29 uh, points off of turnovers. That's more than a third of their points coming uh, in transition. So I, I, re I really thought they, they played with good intensity, started the season off strong. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I picked Diamond Miller to be my X Factor. She suffered a little bit of an injury. It looks like everything's fine. Um, so it was, it was good to see her step up uh, in the first quarter before that injury. Do we have anything else on this game? Um, big test coming up for women's basketball on Absolutely. Friday. That's one South, of the biggest games yeah. of the season. They've been playing South Carolina a lot in recent years. Only the one win coming back in 2018. Going to be a big crowd at the Xfinity Center. It, sh it should be a good game to watch. South Carolina is always a tough opponent, last year's national champion. I think if Diamond Miller is healthy and plays in this one, that provides a big boost. And mm -hmm. Obviously, the home, the home court advantage helps as well. But it's, it's going to be a tough task to beat South Carolina. Yeah, uh, I'll be at that game covering it for um, Terrapin Sports Central. Nate, you were in Wisconsin to cover for Terrapin Sports Central. It was the football team. And uh, one of the worst performances we've seen from this team so far, if not the worst, a 23-10 to 10 loss um, coming against Wisconsin. What did we see here, Nate? You were on the field. Yeah, it, it was easily, without a doubt, the worst game they've played all year, and it, it it wasn't even close. But between their three losses, Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, Michigan, they kept it close. They had that blunder early, but it yeah, was really, impressive it was, win. Impressive it was toe win. for toe. Yeah. Purdue, same thing, toe for toe the whole game. The late fourth quarter collapse. This one, they just came out and they it, they just didn't seem ready to play. And of course, you had the weather elements. If you were watching this game on TV, you noticed that it was a torrential downpour in that first half. And it it allowed Wisconsin to do what they do best, and that's run the football. 
Graham Mertz only threw 18 passes, went five for 18, and Wisconsin scored 23 points. So if that tells you anything about how their run game did, they did a phenomenal job on the ground. Braylon Allen got going early. He had 23 carries in the whole game and had a nine-yard score to start the scoring. And then his one of his running mates, Isaac Garendo, went for an 89-yard score in the second quarter. And once that 89-yard score happened, you just saw the shift for Maryland. They, they were close, but when that 89-yard score happened and made it a 14-0 Wisconsin lead, it just got to the point where even early in that game, you knew something wasn't right. And as we trans as Brandon, you can tra- transition to the way the offense looked. It just defensively rough start. The weather didn't help at all. Just a bad performance all the way around. Yeah, I mean, Talia did not have a great game. He only threw for seventy-seven yards, ten for twenty-three. Again, I do think the weather played a part because Graham Mertz only had seventy-seven yards himself. So it was not a great game passing from either side. But the fact the Terps only. They, they ran the ball 41 times, but for just 2.7 yards per carry. I think that was the major factor because it was clear early on with the weather that both teams wanted to run the ball and wanted to run the ball effectively. Wisconsin did that. Maryland couldn't. Um, Roman Hemby was 16 for 66. Uh, Antoine Littleton only had three carries. I mean, it was just not a great performance for the Terps uh, on the offensive line and even on the defensive line. They did do better in that second half for sure yeah but again it was in my eyes too little too late for maryland and i mean we got to talk about the context of this too they come off um three games uh at home against northwestern away at indiana and then at home uh, against purdue those were their last three games uh to go from that to face wisconsin in perfect you know real football weather conditions away that crowd is always intense and it's still big 10 football and even though it's a down year for wisconsin they always bring the energy um this game was a slap in the face and i think maryland had to come a lot more ready than they ended you know than they ended up but i mean this is the same kind of situation they're going to be presented with against penn state it's very similar i these are the levels are increasing now they they've they've won more games than expected this has been a very good football season um but these are the real tests to see how they do in these conditions where it is not nothing is in their favor and they really have to earn these victories and they just have not been able to do that this yeah, season. They haven't been able to do that this season and in terms of the Wisconsin game, one thing that did catch my eye was Talia just did not look comfortable at all in this one from the from the opening kick. Something just seemed off whether that's from the the lack of playing since October the 15th. It was his first time playing in 3 weeks, whether it what I, he mentioned post game that the weather didn't help him, but he still had to make plays. He he held himself accountable, but still the off, the offensive line and running backs did not help him whatsoever. I don't I think he was sacked 5 times in the game. Seemed a lot more than that. The snaps were way off, so his his rhythm was just way off. There was there was no consistency in the in the offense and the defensive struggles were just too early were too much to come back from before we transition to field hockey nate how was your first experience with jump around at camp randall stadium that that was a that was an experience i took a video video of it from the field on my phone and that was one of the best moments in my young journalism career so far being able to see that in person it was it was a great opportunity to go out into wisconsin and cover this game and it was an experience i'll never forget between the rain just yeah. the atmosphere. It was it was everything. That's why college football is magical. Let's move on to field hockey. Um, this is a team we've been raving about all all year. Um, they in the Big Ten tournament they beat number twenty Ohio State five to two and then fall to 
uh, number four Northwestern. These are the um, seedings in the tournament. Um, they lose two to one. What did you uh, What did you guys see from both these performances? Yeah, I'll start off with the uh, Ohio State game. Um, Maryland's offense showed out. They scored five goals. They look like one of the best teams um, in the nation. Um, I just think that, I mean, the shots, Ohio State put up two more shots than Maryland. The big difference was the Terps put up six more shots on goal. And in a Big Ten tournament game, that matters heavily. And it was a good performance by the Terps. But then, Nate, I'll toss it over to you for your thoughts on the disappointing semifinal loss. Yeah, you you knew coming in this was going to be a tough matchup that when they went to Northwestern earlier in the season and they were able to get an overtime victory with Danny Van Rootselaar getting two goals in that one. That was part of the back-to-back stretch where they beat Northwestern and Iowa in consecutive games. So you knew this was going to be a dogfight coming in, and Northwestern was just able to get an early lead, and Maryland was never able to come back from it. Northwestern took a 2-0 lead into the half, and for for I don't know the exact stat, but for one – for one of, and if possibly the only time this year, Northwestern outshot Maryland. So Maryland was outshot by their opponent. Northwestern had seven more shots than Maryland in this one. The goalkeepers for Maryland, Christina Calandra, she had a lot more work to do in this one that she's had to have all season long. The penalty corners, Maryland only had three. They thrive off of the penalty corners, and they were they were not able to send Emma DeBerdine or BB Donrat down there at the back line to send one in for Van Rootselaar and when Northwestern gets eight penalty corners five of which in that first quarter it it just wasn't a recipe for success and now they they await the NCAA tournament where they're they're going to be at home in College Park but they have a rematch with a team that knocked them out of the final four last year in Liberty in the opening round of the tournament and then if they somehow win that they would either have to play Syracuse or Princeton keep in mind Princeton the first team Maryland lost to this year. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of uh, connections here because remember after that Princeton loss, the Terps went on uh, a big run, uh, seven wins in a row, and the energy was good. That included a win against Northwestern. Um, then they lose to Penn State 1-5. to I think the energy has shifted since that right. loss. And, of course, you're not going to win every game, right? You know, this this team has shown resilience. They've been good. And the win against Ohio State was impressive. Um, but now they drop a game to a team they beat earlier in the season. I'd say that they are not peaking at the right time is, is fair to say. I think the trajectory, you know, they still have a very good chance in this tournament. But um, the trajectory is maybe not in the exact place they want it to be going into it. Right. I mean, you're going to have these tough games where you're not going to be able to beat the Northwesterns every single time. They were able to get some grind out some wins against Northwestern and Iowa late in the year. Grind one out against UConn in the final game of the regular season on the road. They were able to beat Ohio State at Ohio State in the first round, the game Brandon mentioned. But then just too much to ask for uh, the Northwestern match. And like I just mentioned earlier, it, it's not going to get any easier. Liberty is a very good team. They yep. cannot take them lightly. And especially th- just the added pressure of playing on your home turf is going to be troublesome in itself. That's right. Speaking of Northwestern, uh, we're going to shift over to soccer, men's soccer, with a one to nothing victory in the Big Ten quarterfinals. It was a Goal for Colin Griffith in the 76th minute that got it done for the Terps. What did we see here? Nate, they avenged that loss from last season. Yeah, big thing coming in. They drew against Northwestern earlier this year in a matchup they should have won. And then last year in the Big Ten tournament, a game I covered, they lost to Northwestern in penalty kicks, a 
really unexpected loss that they were expected to go deep into the Big Ten tournament, deep into the NCAA tournament, possibly make the College Cup last year. And it, it was just a very disappointing postseason. They come in, one seed versus the eight seed, Friday night lights, at home, and they get the job done. It took a while for them to break through offensively. Yep. That Northwestern always plays them tough, but Colin Griffith, as you mentioned, Jonas, in the 76th minute, able to get it done. And that that's all they needed. They only needed the one goal defensively. They played outstandingly. Nick Richardson, Luca Costabile, William Kolbeck doing a phenomenal job on the back line again. Alex Nitzel as well. Yeah, especially in the second half. I mean, they didn't allow a shot in the second half. Uh, again, Northwestern completely shut down. So, yeah, exactly. Brandon, do you have anything on this game? Um, I I think it it is a little bit worrisome the fact that it took the Terps seventy six minutes to finally get on the scoreboard against let's be honest a Northwestern team that they barely got into the Big Ten tournament and so they really should have took care of business earlier early on and now they're facing Indiana on Wednesday a team which they drew on their very last match of the regular season and the last time they faced off against Indiana in the tournament was in 2020 when they were eliminated 2 nothing in the semifinals. And so the Terps, like they did with Northwestern, are going to be looking to get revenge against Indiana. Uh, yeah, uh, we have a few more minutes. We're going to talk some of these final sports, uh, including wrestling that also started its season off. Uh, and they're three and zero, Nate. Thirty-seven and six over Bloomington. Thirty-seven to nothing over Duke. Twenty-nine to ten over American. You can't ask for a better start than this. No, you can't. And they did very well. This is very similar to last year when they started out good in the. Tri they had a try meet last year around this time. Yep. And they did very well in the try. That's meet. right. Both you and I covered that. Exactly. Yeah. They played Duke in that one as well. So this uh, this reminds me a lot of what they did last year. But this was complete domination mm -hmm. across the board. I mean, you don't have King Sandoval anymore. You don't have Kyle Cochran anymore. You don't have a lot of pieces from last year. Zach Schrader is no longer your heavyweight yep. guy. Jaron Smith moves up from 197 to the heavyweight class, and he dominated all three of his matchups. Won all three. I mean, you just look at the scores, 37-6, 37-0, Domination across the board. Only one loss in the Bloomington match and then two losses for Maryland in the American match. But if, if Alex Clemson can get this type of effort out of his guys, obviously it's going to be tough in the Big Ten just with the way the state of the conference is between Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State. So many tough teams in the conference for wrestling. But if they can keep getting that effort, match in, match out, they're – they're going to be a gritty team, and they, they could get some wins, especially if Jackson and Jaron Smith on the back end keep having the successes that they had. Yeah, I'd say that those are the highlights of this roster right now. Jaron Smith, eighth year with the Terps. It's incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, he must really love it here. But um, to have a redshirt freshman step in um, and ha have that spot at 197 and perform as well as Jackson Smith has, and then, you know, obviously Jaron Smith, I mean, you can't ask for a better closer. This guy has been uh, Terps wrestling for – what feels like forever. So um, I, I really think they're happy with that. Those, those closers on this lineup. Uh, just with a little more time, let's talk quickly. Volleyball's three to one win uh, versus Iowa. I mean, it hasn't been an, a, a crazy impressive se season. I think there's a lot, to, a, a lot of negatives to take away, but a, a good win here for the Terps. Yeah, they finally got their first conference win at home this year. Not much to say other than they beat up on Iowa, a team that that has really struggled this year. Now one in thirteen in the conference after this one, Maryland takes care of business they actually lost the opening set in this one at home so not not something that they wanted to see usually they've been doing well in the middle sets they got off to a bad start but then came back won the next three sets and and took care of business in this one 
Yeah, and then I, I think it was a huge win, especially to give them some confidence, especially after those two road losses against ranked Big Ten opponents because now three of their next four matches are against top 10 teams and then four of their next five are against top 15 teams. And so it's going to be a very difficult end of the season for volleyball. But I think this was a huge win just for the confidence, just kind of get it out of their head that, okay, they got their first home win in conference play. Now they can just worry about action on the court. Yeah, 18 kills for Layla Ivy. Uh, great game for her. That is all our coverage for this week. Uh, a lot of exciting games going on, uh, upcoming for the Terps. We'll have um, some all the coverage next week. Make sure to tune in. As always, it has been Jonas Evans alongside Nathan Schwartz and Brandon Schwartzberg. Make sure to check out all our content at Terps Central on Twitter and TerrapinSportsCentral.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week for your next 20 minutes.